For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. I'm Christopher Sabat, the voice of Roanoa Zorro, and you're listening to The Geek Show on thegeekshow.co.uk. What up? Do's and do that's welcome to the Geek Show. We're hitting you from 104.5 CVFM today at our normal time on uh, 5 on a Sunday. And uh, how are you guys today? Tired. Yeah, I'm just going to agree with Rob that. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the sheep Sleep Show. The Sheep Show, is it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One man and his dog has a new home. Actually, if I can just take this mic over to the couch and just uh, just just sleep present, that'd be great. <laughs> no, because we'd ask you a question, and all we would get in reply is no. I talk in my awesome sleep. Stars. I've been told you've been talk. You talk in your sleep. Yeah. Uh, um, unfortunately, yeah. I'm I'm quite truthful in my sleep. Unfortunately, yeah. You can get information out of me if you need to, <laughs> which isn't a good thing. <laughs> You'd be like the worst spy in the world. <laughs> I don't always talk. Just to give him a good meal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like a big Sunday lunch. <laughs> uh, it's just a case of like no filter you and, know, a, that, like, and a, a nice couch to have a nap on. I know. I probably wouldn't tell you like the secret codes, I, but I'd probably be. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> yeah, who <laughs> need a truth serum? <laughs> they fed you. They're giving you a place to take a nice long nap. Man, yeah, just probably be pretty happy with that anyway. <laughs> Happiness, it's always good. Right, yes, today we are talking about equality. Interesting topic. Um, and, yeah, I know about uh, there's a ve- there's some hot-button subjects, but, you know, we're going to skirt buttons. around those a little bit um, because at the end of the day, there's been enough said on those mm. things. Um, they don't need us sticking our two cents in as well. We'll leave that for better minds than ours. First up, though, we have news, starting with age ratings are coming to online music videos. Good. Uh, the kind of, yeah, the, the content you get in some of the uh, the MTV sort of 
stuff, it, yeah, it it's, kind of does need a bit of moderation. It's about time, I would say. I mean, um, I did see, like, uh, Gra- Graham Linnium, uh did retweet something the other day, which was a fake news article with a uh, 12-year-old hacks uh, age verification scheme to get into uh, <laughs> into websites. Date of birth, 1989. <laughs> <laughs> was that it? Yeah, it was a joke article. That, but... <laughs> oh, oh, he managed terrible. to get round the, uh, the immensely... Uh, I forgot words. <laughs> <laughs> advanced? The, yeah, the advanced security system. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we know. But yeah, it, I think... Yeah, the stuff in mu- music videos, it's probably... It's almost softcore porn, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Almost? Yeah. Have you seen some of those uh, uh, some of those gangster rap videos? Oh no no no! Even even more than that, completely demeaning uh, to women in general is that one with Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams. Uh, yeah, luckily that's uh, you know that um, his last album sold less than five hundred copies in the UK. Yeah, so luckily I think the world's forgotten about Robin Robin Thicke. Yes, it's a good thing. Everyone remembers Pharrell Williams though, because he's happy apparently. Yeah. Actually, um, have you seen his new video? No. Um, heavily uh, based on uh, anime, Japanese, more weeaboo kind of culture. Yeah. Farrell um, Williams is a weeaboo? Um, it's is all... that right, Farrell? If you're listening, Farrell, please contact us and let us know, are you a weeaboo? Dude, it's almost entirely about his waifu. What? <laughs> Where is this song? If there's... Uh, I have to check. If there's no swears in this song, we must play this song. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's better with the video, honest. <laughs> I, th- I think I'm going to have to do a search for this song. You guys talk amongst yourselves while I find out more about yeah. this. Yeah, but it, it seems like these days it's less about the music and more about, oh, have you seen Lady Gaga's new video and how extreme it is? type of thing I think you've got to go I think to catch people's attention now you've really got to go the extra mile because most mm. stuff has already been done yeah so yeah, um, yeah it, even if you wore even if you coated yourself in meat people would be like eh, Gaga did it yeah exactly so like if you appear half naked on a video everyone's done that so you've mm. got to go the extra mile to get any sort of attention yeah Mm. Uh, this yeah, isn't uh, like the 80s where you could just be near a statue of Jesus and uh, <laughs> yeah. get all the attentions. Unfortunately, the we fields. can't play the Farrell Williams song. Oh, has it got swears? Yeah, it's got swears. Oh. Not many. Uh, it's just, but do, it, it's do you now see word. what I mean? Um, well, I haven't actually looked at the video yet, but uh, I kind of get what you mean from the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I believe the word kawaii comes out a few times. How many times? <laughs> um, not as many as the horrible Avril Lavigne uh, video. Oh, that one. Oh, that one. <laughs> I knew that was going to get brought up. That uh, that, uh, that, one, that Hello Kitty one, it was just kind of, oh, I want to punch you. <laughs> uh, yep. Um, so bad. You could write a thesis on it. It's Please, Japan, adopt Avril Lavigne so we will never hear from her again. Just like that uh, teeny bopper band Shampoo with <laughs> Uh-Oh, We're in Trouble. They had that one hit, and then they suddenly took off in Japan. 
and all of a sudden we they never released any more songs in the West. No, and we were no. happy. Uh, what's her face from uh, No Doubt as well? Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani. Mm. Big in Japan. No longer big anywhere else. I, I followed her on, on Twitter, but she didn't follow me back. It turns out she ain't no follow-back girl. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, I, like, that's, I, that's my level of humour. Yeah, well, I know that's why I, I did it, because I knew it would make you laugh, and well, now it's gone. Well, look, it, if you guys are, are sinking to my level of humour, I, I no longer know what I'm bringing to this party. Yeah, Don't like steal my stuff. job. Uh, potions, usually. As in drinks from the pound shop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Okay, enough. Um, so, we all pretty much agree age ratings are something that we've needed for a bit. Can we also have taste ratings so I don't have to be inflicted on, on things like this? <laughs> <laughs> no, you must watch Nicki Minaj repeatedly. But my anaconda don't. Yes. You guys are the worst at charades. The absolute worst. It's it's a square. <laughs> it has a handle. Yes. It's not a door because it's a square. Anyway, <laughs> what what was I saying? Oh yes, yes. We must inflict you inflict Nicki Minaj upon you. Fine. And maybe a bit of Rihanna as well. <laughs> anyway, we will move on. They think they found Dracula's dungeon. Ooh. Uh, the dungeon of uh, Vlad the Impaler. Uh, Vlad Tepes. Yeah, the not-so-pleasant inspiration for the Dragon Legend. Um, they think they found it during a restoration works at Tokat Castle, uh, with the tunnel leading to two dungeons where Vlad may have been held uh, may have been held being found. Right, if I know my Castlevania, and yeah. I do, if they go down deeper levels of the, the dungeon, they will find an inverse version of the castle? Possibly. Um, the unknown tunnel and dungeons could be uh, where the man himself was held in the mid-1400s, although given how much time has elapsed, and the fact that Google wasn't around back then means no one's entirely sure, um, or when, where or when he was actually imprisoned. Okay. So um, it could be where he was held prisoner. It might not be, though. I mean, the, his castle is in Romania. It's a real yeah. place. It's a real thing, because obviously it's be, he's... He was a real person. Yes. And uh, historical records exist of him and everything. Yes. Um, unfortunately, with Castlevania, they... You know about Alucard? Yeah. He... His full name is Alucard Fahrenheit Tepes. Yeah. The bit in Vlad Tepes actually means Vlad the Third. Yep. So his son can't also be... The, the third. third. Unless the Third is actually a name. Mm. But the Dracula comes from his father was Dracul. Yeah, the dragon. Mm. So it's son <clears throat> of the dragon. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny, though, because uh, the whole Alucard thing gave rise to the whole idea that vampires hide themselves by, you know, s telling people their name backwards. What <laughs> <laughs> if you have one of those unpronoun unpronounceable names? Forwards. Does it become even more unpronounceable? What if you had, like, a proper Welsh name? That oh sounds uh, like... Are you, are you trying to suggest that all vampires are Welsh? No, I'm just saying, if they had one of these Welsh names where it's, like, all consonants and no vowels, how would you say that backwards? I'd have about as much difficulty saying it forwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it uh, Mr. McPlicklicks that... Mr. Mitzaplix. Yeah, that if you can force him to say his name backwards, he disappears from this universe. Yeah. That's the only way to thwart him in the DC uh, 
DC things is to yeah, he causes all sorts of problems for Superman, doesn't he? Yeah, but if he says his own name backwards, it sends him back to his own dimension. See, I always found it funny that uh, they have like Captain Marvel uh, and Superman. They're like, oh yeah, Superman is definitely stronger. You're like, yeah, but Captain Marvel is magic, and Superman's that is one well one of his weaknesses. Yeah, Superman's uh, weakness is magic, so he could punch on pa- Captain Marvel as much as he wants, but he obviously. Generally, it's perception magic that he's weak to. You know that, like, if you change the rules of the universe, Superman can't adapt. Or if you were, uh, if if you mess with senses and stuff like that, he doesn't. Yeah, no, he's not immune to normal magic either. You, he, you could turn him into a bunny rabbit. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I think Batman has. Not exactly an immunity to magic. But he's studied magic a lot more, so he's, yeah, he he's knows got an understanding to, of it, and he can uh, he just, can protect himself from it. Yeah, uh, actually, the Hellboy comic we got from Turnaround, um, Batman's the the, ty- the kind to punch you and just be like, "The card was in your sleeve." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Hellboy comic. Uh, there's a crossover comic: uh, Hellboy, Starman, and Batman. Um, and the old Starman, Ted Knight, gets kidnapped by a group of Nazis. Taken to South America to build a machine that will bring one of the Elder Gods back, and Hellboy's following the trail of it. Arrives in Gotham, uh, Ted Knight's uh, giving a lecture for Bruce Wayne on alternative energy, gets kidnapped, Batman turns up, Batman's trying to brag that he knows all about magic, and Hellboy goes, yeah, you don't know as much about it as I do, mate. (laughs) Hellboy is mostly magic. Yeah, I love Hellboy. I think Hellboy's great. Anyone that has a right hand of doom is all right with me. Yeah, and the fact that Ron Perlman played him in the movies. Oh, that's yeah. perfect, like, though. It's, it's, it's the best cast together. He goes to um, children's hospitals in full makeup. Yeah. To cheer up kids. Yeah. It's, it's great. Oh, God. I'm not quite sure how Hellboy <laughs> cheers up kids. I was about to say, know. that's like, how does that work? <laughs> with his right hand of doom. <laughs> <laughs> Let me cure you with my touch. Oh, oh. You, you just gotta love Ron Perlman, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's, but it is like if certain and uh, like John Goodman had a, yeah. had a, it would be something like Hellboy. Yes, I think he was the best thing in Pacific Rim aside from the giant robots beating and kaiju fighting each other. Mm. Um, I think I said about Pacific Rim the other day. Heimdall, why didn't you close the gate? Yes. <laughs> I do think that, uh, what was it, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I do think how it should have ended ha- had the right idea. Instead of fighting them when they come to the service, just park a sentry over the hole so every <laughs> time they start, you know, because they usually appear head first, you know. Yeah. Use that sword of his to just chop the head off as they're coming out. But no, you, you can't remember he's got the sword until, like, <laughs> <laughs> at least an hour into the movie. <laughs> At least an hour into the movie, and they're in the, almost in orbit. Yeah. We're out of ammo. You know that sword? Oh, yeah, the, the sword! <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wondered what that button did, and why it had a sword ship on it. Right, anyway, moving on to more kind of strange news. Facebook is reportedly working on its own healthcare service. Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah. Facebook is apparently working <clears throat> on its own healthcare service. Uh, it already knows the most intricate details about your life because you gave them to Facebook. And now it wants to monitor your health as well. Um, the new, uh, it's got a Reuters uh, news oh, agency. Is this going to encourage people to tell 
like yeah. talk about the man flu on my news feed. Yeah, it's it, Facebook's uh, Facebook, like Google and Apple, has started working on its own take on digital healthcare. Uh, three people familiar with the matter claim that Zuckerberg and Co. are developing online support communities, a series of subnetworks that would bring together Facebook users suffering from various health issues. Well, it depends what the issues are. If they are things that, I mean, if it's cancer support stuff like that, okay, fair enough. But yeah, if it's good. if it's a, if it's a support group for people suffering from man flu, which is an actual thing, by the way, all you women who believe it isn't, or, or sheer boredom. <laughs> <laughs> Go outside. <laughs> no, it's actually, to be honest, if it alleviates, like, stuff from GPs, uh, you know, that yeah. if you could have just, like, a standardised thing that you could refer to, you know, that these are the symptoms I've got or something yeah. like that, that you could receive a bit of help from something like that, I don't see an issue with it. It depends how... I don't see an issue with it. Uh, it's just... Unfortunately, because Facebook is heavily paid for by advertisers, yeah. would that mean their recommendations would be based off... Uh, like paid product placements or something, you know, like possibly uh, this status was bought to you by Beecham's. Possibly, you know, like directly flogging you, whatever cures or like things might alleviate your condition. Just yeah. adverts for boots everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, possibly. Mm. Anyway, um, we'll look. We'll in a way, so it's all marketing, isn't it? Identifying yeah. a need and then uh, selling people things who have, the, yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah. have a look more into that as it develops. Um, moving on, another medical story for uh, for you guys. Um, you know when you go and get an injection, yeah. some people are actually scared of injections, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. They're scared of needles going into them, scared of the sight of them, yeah. everything like that. Um, basically, they have developed, uh, the, or rather, uh, scientists at MIT and Massachusetts General Hospital have developed a capsule uh, they say will get around that. Because this, these capsules are effectively swallowable microneedles. Okay. That could be a new and painless way to deliver drugs with no more shots. Uh, I'm sorry, but the idea of swallowing needles... Ah, but not only do some people not like having injections, and some people have trouble swallowing tablets. Oh, yeah, well, my mum can't swallow capsules. Yeah. So either way, it's... Uh, yeah. There's still some people that are going to struggle. For example, if you don't like having both of them, you're pretty yeah. much screwed. Well, yeah. I mean, micro needles in a capsule that you swallow, Dave. Is this like Goldschlager? <laughs> <laughs> what? Goldschlager uh, has tiny little flecks of like oh, uh, that, yeah. metal uh, to cut your throat to get you drunk faster. Uh, so a, I imagine like uh, swallowing uh, tiny needles to be almost the same effect, only you don't get drunk. I it's just a think terrible that, idea. I, 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 See, I read this article and immediately I, uh, I thought, who broke their pinky promise? Where, um, oh, Isn't that the punishment for breaking a pinky promise? You swallow a thousand needles. Yeah. Um, I can't remember words today. It doesn't matter. Just ignore <laughs> me. We know this, Dave. Yes, we know. Don't worry. We understand. So, yes, micro needles. Mm. Is it the way forward? Will it get around ejections? Would you actually try it? Yeah, I would try it. Mm, let's see what it's like. A capsule filled with small and tiny needles to inject the drug directly into... Question. Yeah? Oh, would this turn into suppositories as well? Because if that's <laughs> okay, <laughs> That's just a, a no-and-all from how many levels. Eye drops. <laughs> no. 
No, I think I think I think I think Rob's just killed that story. Yeah, yeah. Suppositories now have blades and will eat you from the inside. <laughs> Hang on, what? Yeah, I, I, I think I think Rob's killed the story. Yeah, Rob doesn't have a mullet anymore either, so I can't tease him about that. Yes, it's gone. His terrible, terrible, terrible mullet. It's gone. Anyway, um, moving on. Flying cars. Who wants a flying car? Is this flying because it went over a cliff and is in a flaming ball? No, it's an actual oh. flying car from one. First Principles. Nah, no, not really. Uh, it's something that people have wanted Just, for a while, though. Because if you drive, you know how crazy and ignorant dri- other drivers are. Yes. So doing that in the air becomes about a million <laughs> times scarier. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Um, the organisers of the Vienna Pioneers Festival oh, have announced that uh, the expo would see the first public unveiling of the world's most advanced flying car. It's called the Flying Roadster because in, you know, so invent- inventors are great with naming things. Well, we've only got a year to sort out flying cars or make Back to the Future a liar. And I don't want to make... Uh, well, to be honest, Escape from New York's already a liar, because that was like the futuristic land of 1997, and oh, somehow yeah, New York had sort of fractured off and become a prison island. We've had too many films be a liar. Like, um, Fil- films aren't um, real, man. 1995, I think, is when Skynet was meant to... Uh, yeah. um, Maybe it is. Maybe um, keeping it quiet. Uh, the Transformers animated movie is set in the far future of the year 2005. Yes. <laughs> it's, so, it's so cute when they do that. It really is. So, like, I don't want to see another film be made a liar. And they are actually trying to uh, trying to make the 14 extra Jaws films to fill in the gap between Jaws and Jaws. <laughs> How many, Jaws are Right what? now, I think there's five Jaws films. Oh no, there? there's uh, there's people working on. Oh no, I mean, all the ones so now. to fill the gap. What point is it at now? I don't know. I'll have to ask Michael. It was Kane, Jaws. He's appeared in half it, of them. Wasn't it Jaws four? It got to, and then there was Jaws, Jaws two, Jaws three D, and then Jaws four, and then that's it. It went well in Back to the Future two. I think big Jaws. Jaws big and Jaws. And even bigger Jaws. Uh, <laughs> now then, he did a stint in Bond movies. Hmm. Uh, he recently passed on, but yeah, uh, I know. Yeah. But yeah, in Back to the Future, there's a there's a cinema showing Jaws 19. Yeah. So there's been a project on the internet for filmmakers are making all the films in between. Yeah. And what's Back to the Future 2, the one where they were talking... Oh no, that was Spaceballs where they were talking about Rocky 5000. <laughs> I want to see th- that. <laughs> yeah. Sester Sloan still going for it. But the thing is, there's been... If there's been... Between the 80s and now, they... Pr- they anticipated there to be 19 Jaws films. Yeah. Much more productive than McFly's expectations of themselves. No, sorry, Busted's expectations of themselves. That in the year 3000, they'd be on to their seventh album. <laughs> That's a really <laughs> slow production <laughs> ethic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really slow. <laughs> uh, no wonder they broke up. <laughs> Everyone bought it, though. It outsold <laughs> Michael Jackson. If my lyrics are busted, uh, <laughs> knowledge is to be believed. Is that a perfect segue or not, Rob? What news story are you on here? Um, the Roadster. Yeah, the Roadster. The Roadster we were on. I don't think anybody really wants a flying car. Well, well I mean, the idea is better than the actual realisation, because if I crash into another person a thousand miles in the air, I'm dead. Yeah, I get what you mean. That, Like, personally, for me, it sounds cool if I had a flying car. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, but when you realise the that everyone it, would have a flying car. The realisation of that is, well, it's scary, man. Yeah. I'd have the car that they have in Futurama, though. I'd have that one. How how complicated would dr- 
driving tests be? Very complicated. Well, does it, does Goku learn to drive a flying car? No, yeah. it's not. I think it's not. Well, it just hovers. It doesn't really yeah. fly. I don't think. And it's it's just a weird episode. Why would Piccolo need to fly? I think <laughs> I don't really understand that. I one. think that's the end of the episode, isn't it? The driving instructor goes, "Wait, you can fly? Yeah. Yes. Well, why do you need? To- oh, bless yeah. filler. Bless it. <laughs> anyway, back it's to not the, in Kai. Uh, back to this roadster. Um, before when you say roadster, story. roadster is a type of car. Yeah, I know it's a it's, flying roadster. No, no, it's like a roadster, sort of a yes. patchback. So, no, uh, I will show you a picture in a minute. Okay, um, it's described as more of a flying sports car than something you'd use to ferry the family around. It weighs 450 kilos, has a pair of carbon fiber wings that fold behind the cabin, and has a top flight speed of 124 miles well, an hour. When that's you said crazy. Des- des- you said designed as more of a co- uh, sports car, it's like. Yeah, that's kind of to be expected. I'm no aerodynamics expert. That's it. That, but that you, looks terrible. But, but a 4x4 is not going to be, like, flying around the sky. Yeah. It's like a Mazda MX-5 with wings glowed on. Yeah. And I wouldn't want it unless it could go underwater, too, if I had the whole <laughs> shebang, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. Just flying. That's not enough, man. You could always go for that duck you've wanted. Uh, I'm going to genetically <laughs> engineer a horse-sized duck. Yep. It's the ultimate amphibious Then vehicle. give it a scar over one of its eyes, and then it, it'll be like... Yeah, badass. Right, moving on. WTF Award. This one goes directly to the door of Yuri Geller, who claims that mind powers might be behind the bending of iPhone 6s. I've got a thing to pick out with Yuri Geller. How can he genuinely be happy that his whole life is built on bending spoons and knowing Michael Jackson? Did you... (laughs) That's that's his whole reason for existence. This is basically he's seen a a news title about bending and he's like, I've got to get in on this. I'm surprised he wasn't like at the the forefront for the Avatar movies. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm a spoon bender. (laughs) You know, he's um, he's, uh, tried... It's the new martial art. (laughs) He's tried to sue Pokemon. Oh, God. Well, sorry, Game Freak, the creators of Pokemon. Oh, because of the uh, psychic one who's holding a spoon. Oh, 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 actually, Yuri Geller is a metal bender. He's like an earth bender plus one. Yeah, but what yeah, happens? Yeah, he if, never thought about that, did he? But, <laughs> do you know, what happens if he, you know, if, if he becomes like the ultimate? I can't even say it with a straight face. I can't. Why? Say it why do you need to say it with a straight face? Just go on. <laughs> what happens if he be- becomes the ultimate bender? Can he bend time? You were laughing at that. <laughs> no, it's just the ultimate bend of it. Oh, okay, maybe, maybe not. But I think that story kind of makes a mockery of itself. And I've got yes, to say, how can, how can I, Apple and iPhone not consider something a flaw when it bends? I'm not it, sure. You've got to do something considerably from, wrong to make from a the phone reports, I'm not sure that it's actually a, a widespread problem. Oh, it's, 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 it's a vocal not. minority, I was just really Well, yeah, yeah, and that many iPhones have sold that, you know... There's going to be flaws in every product, yeah. uh, you know, in, in a certain percentage of every product. But have a listen to what Yuri Geller has to say about this. He was speaking to MarketWatch, says, Somehow the energy and excitement of the 10 million people who purchased iPhones has awakened their mind powers and caused the phones to bend, adding that he simply can't believe Apple could allow its phone to be manufactured with such an obvious flaw. So it must be awakened latent psychic powers and not thin aluminium colliding with the trend for overly light trousers. Basically, Yuri Geller's money's wore out again. Yeah, run out again. So basically, he needs attention in the media, and he wants a consultancy job at Apple with how to protect your phone from <laughs> you mind. You have powers. no idea how you you are psychic, mate. You are abs- uh, Yuri Geller. You've got serious competition here. Because guess what the next bit says? 
Um, Geller has added, I urge Apple to hire me to explain to the world that this is not the company's fault at all. I don't own an iPhone 6. I'm loyal to my BlackBerry and would never change. <laughs> but if I did, I have no doubt I could bend it with my mind. Uh, you are psychic, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> he, that got me without he's loyal to his BlackBerry. <laughs> he, he's like Boris Johnson. Maybe he knows five, something we yeah. don't. <laughs> he must be like Pokemon. He's like the next evolved stage of Boris Johnson because this is just weird. It's weird. Anyway, we'll be back with the main show in a few minutes. Hello, this is Brina Palencia and you're listening to The Geek Show. Hello and uh, welcome back to The Geek Show on 104.5 CVFM and this week we are talking about equality. This is kind of inspired, we're going back through our back catalogue of shows and uh, we're revisiting some old stuff and back in the day we did a show about feminism. There were some clear problems with that show, I'm not going to deny that. Yeah. And I think this show is a reaction to the things that were wrong with that older show. Yeah, mainly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm taking... Well, I mean, it's not so much the femi- just the feminism show. But it's, I mean, it's Equality in general... Yeah, yeah, has everybody. Been, everybody has a fair show. Has been, has been something of an issue in just in general media that's what for we're gonna a leave long it at. time. That we're going to leave it at. It doesn't deserve any more. Yeah, sort of. that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, we're talking about uh, the leads in films. Well, yeah, yeah, we could do that. Um, Let me just read the points that Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> we're so prepared for today. <laughs> well, we're all ill in some shape or form. Uh, but yeah, the first point was it's uh, Hollywood, I suppose. Hollywood has this problem with casting of its leads. I challenge you to think of a film which isn't some sort of issue film, which isn't sort of uh, Django, is, well, that one called Django, an, an issue uh, film, well, but it talks about slavery. Yeah. Uh, films that don't talk about things about sort of separate issues. Yeah. Films outside of that sort of little pigeonhole, which cast anybody other than, you know, the male white guy as the lead. But when you look over in the East, particularly Japan, which has a problem with uh, sort of race, no, no, gender, yeah. sort of equality there, all the films that cast women as the leads are, you know, fantastic and progressive and forward-thinking. But over here, where we're supposed to be, you know, all... Yeah. Everybody has a fair shot. The only person in the film who really gets a fair shot is the the white man. I mean, let's take the... That was really badly worded, but... Uh, yeah, I'm let's, kind of, yeah. I, I, get, I get what you mean. Uh, I mean, if you look at the Common Garden action movie... It's always a guy. Uh, I think action movies are actually more progressive, to be honest. No, they, they, they've been slowly making their way towards that. No, no, I mean, no. For a very long time, they've been a lot more progressive than mainstream films. In terms mm. of race, yeah. In, well, terms in terms of gender, of, in terms of gender, no. Yeah, I don't think so. Cynthia Rock Rock, Rock Rock was a thing, man. That, that was that was uh, that was uh, that was martial arts movies. They yeah, weren't it's mainstream. Still action. It's still action, but they weren't mainstream action. I mean, you wouldn't get. You wouldn't get the likes, uh, you know, a female uh, a female lead in the in a mo- in a movie series like Die Hard, mm. for example. Mm. They're supposed to be doing a, a full female version of the ex- uh, Expendables. They are. It's yeah. called the Expendables. Yeah. And really, just, really, you're going to really? call it that? That's your yeah. effort. Uh, and re- uh, certain actors <laughs> have said, "I'm not on anything to do with that because yeah. it's just dumb." Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's really dumb. I mean, uh, and then you've got the likes of uh, what was it? Kicker, uh, not not kicker, uh, soccer punch. Oh yeah, yeah. which uh, is supposed to have strong strong feminist overtones um, as they dance in burlesque outfits. Yeah, 
Um, I actually saw a lot of the concept and production work for that because um, Udon, who do like a lot of yeah. comic book work, they were hired to do the concept stuff. And the pre-production stuff is really good. And there was a there was actually a good story behind it before it became like, you know, what before, it is now. It's it's a lot like you know like Alien Three. Yeah, that's the greatest film never made. Yeah. Oh In, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wooden Planet, I think, was the idea yeah. of that originally. Yeah. So basically, Sucker Punch, the the concept work and the story and the script that they originally had was a, looked like it could have been an incredible movie. Yeah. But producers hit it, and it got tailored down to you know mainstream tastes, and it kind of lost a lot of the. Kind of lost. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. it did. It, there isn't a director's cut, which basically has musical numbers, which just confuses me. <laughs> Why yes. it need musical numbers? <laughs> sure, sure, Hollywood. Yeah. But I mean, uh, you know, uh, I, I think uh, I think that's kind of a you know, it's a small portion of all, of all movies, obviously, but it, it does it, it does highlight just the disparity between men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, you could have, I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, what's her face? Uh, I can't remember the movie. You know, the uh, the martial arts champion uh, was in uh, that movie where she was playing a spy who was on the run from her organization. She was oh, uh, Gina Carino. Yeah, uh, Hairwire. Hairwire. That was a great action movie. Yeah, it didn't do any business at all. Yeah, why? Because people don't really like the action films put together in a way which is sort of more thoughtful. Yeah. That was uh, very weirdly edited, and it was scored with like a mad jazz soundtrack. Yeah, and it was a woman. So, and it didn't have an ending either. It was just very abrupt ending. Yeah, it doesn't really take any of the boxes which people go through for an action film. They want escapism. They don't want to think. They leave the brain at the door. Okay, I, I hate that like, theory of things. <laughs> was it just so Gina Davis off. in The Long Kiss Goodnight? That was that. That was uh, you know, it started off kind of slow, but then it turned into a straight up action movie. But I think you're, you're looking at a very man woman sort of lines there. What's like a in an action lead or a lead? And well, yeah, but you put it in the action box, I suppose. I put it in the action box because it's an easy what's box like to look a, at. What's like a male lead in an action film which isn't like a white guy? Like I'm a, gonna get you, sucker. <laughs> Go, like, it's like if you're going to yeah. do like a black no, it, it, if you're going to do like a black character to, for a lot of films, it's going to be an exaggerated black character. It's not going to be allow that person to I be. I don't know. Actual. Denzel Washington. I think he's the only person who gets yeah, over it. Really, he's probably the best for that. I think it's like a, I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, Wesley Snipes did a fair few where yeah, he was Snipes, fired as well. Yeah, yeah. Wesley Snipes is special, man. <laughs> 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 he's had one good role in all of his. He was Blade in the first two. Yeah, hey, he was Demolition Man. Oh, well, Demolition Man. Oh, God, yes, yeah, he was That's a cool film, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that one's action to the point of over the top and it knows it. It's, yeah. It's absolutely. I don't understand why people don't like that movie because I think it's. I think it's, it, it, it's what an action film should be. Yeah. Don't take yourself too seriously. It's just too idiots blowing everything up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it cold in here or just me? <laughs> It's like Commando. It's yeah. that sort of ilk. Yeah. But otherwise, it, black characters... There's other ethnicities out there. Yeah. Why don't they get the chance to lead these films? Oh, you know... Because all I can really think of otherwise is Mark Damascus. 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 He's like a Native American guy, but he's the only one of that ethnicity who has actually any like, a mainstream career or anywhere approaching a mainstream career. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, Jackie Chan's been a couple of... Well, he's a, he's like a novelty that the wheel out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that really taken seriously? Yeah, I mean, Jet Li. Oh, was the, he was a babysitter in one yeah. film. 
and he mm. hid his spy roots by wearing the glasses. Spa, the spy next door. That is yeah. how <laughs> advanced his career has been. In no, no, no. America. The tuxedo with the great Eskimo oh, actor. That. <laughs> is that the one with uh, what's he called? Lee Evans. Um, I can't remember. Might have been. Oh, yeah. He's been in a lot of rubbish, though. Yeah, yeah he has. I, I, um, think just, I think the point there is they just wheel him out of nos- as novelty side acts. He's and they did, uh, what was it, The Forbidden Kingdom, which was him and Jet Li. Yeah, people like, oh, wow, it's going to be these two together. Oh, there's a little American kid who has to be the lead for some reason. Yeah. And yeah. it's a kid's movie for some reason. Why am I watching this? Yeah. yeah. You lied to me. <laughs> I know, uh, the, the, the sad thing is, to actually make a straight-up... Action movie with a martial with a cha- with um, an eastern an eastern uh, actor as the lead takes a French director. Uh, Kiss of the Dragon was directed by Luc Besson. And I don't know about that. It's it, it's a straight up action movie though. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. No, but like, moving it a bit forward, what's more common for? Are you thinking more like um, like the likes of? It's not a great film, but Romeo Must Die, which is a western film. With yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good example because it's got like it properly. It's trying to be from the hood. Yeah, yeah. But it's got like, Jet Li in the lead character. As a lead character. And oh, what was the what's the the lead girl that was in it? I can't remember. But, she, but the film is more famous than it should be because she died yeah. not long after the release. Uh, was it Lisa Left Eye? No, she, oh, no, she no, was, was in the was, uh, uh, Kiss of the Damned as well. Oh God, yes, it was uh, uh, Queen of the Damned. Queen That's of the, the Damned. One, yeah. 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 Ah, I forgot her name. I can, I can picture her face, but yeah, can, yeah. Most of the time, though, these characters tend to be kind of secondary. Yeah, like you have the novelty character, the 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 gag character, or somebody you know you just build up to be killed off. And it became a trope in horror movies, didn't it? Um, the black guy dies first. That's yeah. the <laughs> that's the trope in horror movies. Scream played it up brilliantly at certain yeah. points, but mm. it's well, how did that become a thing? I, I'm seriously confused as to how that became an acceptable thing. We've got a horror film, and we've got a lot of white guys and one black dude. Who are we going to kill first? All right, yeah. black dude. That'll do. Even like, How did that happen? Um, early 90s Simpsons were referencing this. Uh, there's a, they show a clip of uh, one of the McBain <laughs> movies. Yeah. yeah. And um, his uh, black partner is uh, t- showing pictures of his wife and his boat and what he's going to do <laughs> on, <laughs> after his retirement. <laughs> yeah, And that'd be played by Danny Glover. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of his career. Yeah, but Danny Glover doesn't die. Yeah, that's, no, no, that's no. Thing. no, he's lucky in that respect. Yeah, I think he's another one. He I, kind, he kind of had a career as a lead. I mean, he was in Predator Two, is a terrible film, but he was a legitimate, he was a legitimate action yeah. lead. Yeah, you don't get well, many of them. Well, I mean, uh, the other, the thing that I found interesting about the Lethal Weapon series was that it was actually the white guy who was get who was getting shot and uh, beaten and everything like that. Because Martin Riggs was the psycho who was basically diving in. Danny Glover's the one. I'm close to retirement. I'm going to be a little bit more careful than he is. <laughs> it's just being revoked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there we go. I'll have what she's having. No, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it up on the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't fit the context of the... Uh, <laughs> uh, pick of the geek. If we, we can get a pick of the geek. Um, well... We do have a pick of the geek. Favourite movie characters that don't subscribe to the norm. But we did have... Uh, uh, actually, no, we've covered that already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pick of the geek. Favourite movie characters that don't subscribe to the norm. Like an action lead who doesn't have the white guy, you know, super powerful white guy. Eh? Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. Oh. <laughs> you want me to dropkick you in the face? <laughs> that film is, like, the most offensive film I think I've ever seen. 
how a drunk, incompetent white guy can become the last samurai, samurai because <laughs> he's white and ergo uh, better than everybody else. Oh, uh, uh, I could have taken a picture of your face when I said know. that. No. <laughs> uh, Dave, you got it? Um, I was going to say completely different to what we've been talking about, but uh, Wallace, Will- Wallace Wells in the Scott Pilgrim films as a gay character that's not written as camp, fanboyant, or... That's a big Actually, that's a, really oh, that uh, that's a really good choice. Stereotypes. That's a really good choice. That's brilliant. Because they usually weed out the gay character as a sort of the screaming gay character. Yeah. Don't have him as an actual proper human being. Yeah. Fleshed out. That's a really good choice. Um... I'm stumped. I think he just did top trumps and went, there you go, drop, yeah. drop the mic and walked <laughs> I, off. I yeah. played that card too early. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> you did. That was deep. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, really. He's kind of blown out of the park with that yes, one. Yeah. There'll be somebody like that. Going on from the Eastern, like, sort of, where I think they're much more, like, uh, freeing, much more liberated as what they can put in the leaders of a, of a movie. And if you're going I towards the east, but don't go too far east because then you run into Bollywood, which, uh, it, which really east. doesn't. But I was going to pick sort of uh, the whole movement of female-led samurai movies. I mean, samurai is a very yeah. male-dominated thing. It's super mm. macho. Uh, with, and there's two with, picks I've got there. Oh, you, okay. you need sideburns to be yeah, a yeah. proper macho samurai. Yes. Well, if I was going to go for an opposite of equality show, I'd go for Hanzo Lareza, who interrogates people with his large member, which is, <laughs> yay, that's... Yay! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, being realistic, there's a film called Gohato or Taboo, which talks about sort of homosexuality in the samurai barracks because they're yeah. all in such close proximity with each other. Yeah. Well, actually, historically, it's quite well documented that a lot of famous samurai did uh, yeah. have been, you know, it's been recorded historically that they have been gay or bi or yeah. um, other things. It's more in recent, as in like the last hundred years with the rise of Christianity in Japan, that it's became less acceptable. Yeah. And uh, currently it's actually most uh, known gay people in Japan are grouped in with sexual deviants. Yep. So it's uh, quite a bad atmosphere over there at the minute. But yeah, it's less progressive than the West right now for that yeah. sort of thing it's an interesting film for that exact reason yeah uh, and the other one is I suppose Lady Snowblood because it's a very macho yeah. sort of lead in that film and uh, Mako Keiji does it beautifully that sort of powerful female character yeah. who's not a, like, dis, like uh, abandoned the female side she's not like a, a woman trying to be a man in a man's world she's you know Keeping yeah. femininity intact and kicking everybody's backside seven ways to Tuesday. Well, that it. I think one of the problems with the whole female samurai thing from the East, though, is that it, it's mixed. You, it, it gets into mixed. the pink Aiga, pink Aiga movies, which is basically one step off porn. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. You know, the the and there's a lot of those. The actual yeah, good Quentin Tarantino stuff. likes that stuff. Yeah, which explains a lot. Anybody else got any picks? Um, I, I will have to say, uh, was it, uh, oh, I forgot the name, Carino in Haywire. Gina Carino. Gina Carino uh, in Haywire. I really like that movie. Oh, I've got to pick another one as well. It's a terrible movie, but in Fast 6, they cast Joe Taslim, who was one of the guys in The Raid. And they didn't cast him as sort of, oh, he's an Asian guy, he does Asian stuff. It was just a character in a group of people. And yeah. Joe Taslim is brilliant he's one of the most underrated things about that film hmm. terrible film though Joe, uh, Fast 6 I think that's the one with the longest runway in the history of oh, runways which must like run across half of Europe um, can I pick someone from a TV show rather than a movie sure 
Um, have any of you guys watched NCAS Los Angeles? No. Right. Um, after the after like the first couple uh, that that were crossing over with the main series, they went on to like the main series with LL Cool J and Chris what's mm. Chris what's his face. Uh, Wait, is NCIS the Navy one? With yeah. Gibbs and stuff. Yeah. On oh, the Goth Girl. Yeah, and the Goth yeah. Girl. Uh, the spin-off That's series, right. NCIS Los Angeles, is uh, the the leader of their unit is basically. Um, she's she's basically the human. She she looks exactly like uh, Edna Mall from The Incredibles. Well, it was basically modelled on her. Yeah, but the thing is, her character, right? She's she basically trumps everybody in the unit because she's been like, in in the Secret Service, a spy, whatever. She's hard as nails, and she's she's basically uh, assassin, hard as nails, in you know, super spy, the whole lot. And she drops hints every now and then as to her exploits over the years before she took over the unit and, reti- and effectively retired. She got connections with like all the major powers, with all the movies and shakers, really dark history, and she throws them about a lot. You know, they practice. They're all scared of practicing with her. You got like LL Cool J, big beefcake guy, says, "Nope, not going to practice with her." Last time I heard, she almost killed me. Okay, mm. I like else? her. I like her character. Anybody else got any picks? Go, actually, going off what you've just said. Um, <clears throat> I sort of quite like Agent May in the Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Fair enough, she's like stereotypical Asian, like hardy trained martial artist, but she has a lot of those traits of what you were just going off there, Rob. Yeah. I sort of, I think she's quite a strong character. And she doesn't really show much emotion as much. Yeah. But, you know, like you say, she has like a dark past and stuff like that and sort of explains why. But yeah, I would say that. Is she the one that got revived in a horrible way, a bit like um, Agent Coulson did? No, oh, sorry, I no, haven't been following no, no, Agent no. Shield that no, heavily. I'm thinking of someone else. You're thinking of like, the main character, which was Sky. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Uh, shall we take a break there? Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. I am Karen Prell, an animator at Valve, and you are listening to The Geek Show. You're listening to The Geek Show on 104.5 CBFM, and we're talking about equality. Yes, that was a great radio voice there, Ryan. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. You're listening <laughs> to the radio, Pockpickers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a creepy radio voice there. That's, that was basically radio in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, that, that radio voice would currently be investigated on the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I was on it. I was in nappies for like that's yeah. Oh, that deserves uh, a high five, Dave. <laughs> right, uh, I just want to respond quickly to uh, Jamie Sample's comment to us on Facebook about uh, Resident Evil un- and Underworld. Um, Mila Jovovich in Resident Evil, I-, I don't actually consider her a strong female she, character. She's not a character. Those that's films my point. Were directed she's not actually... by Paul W. S. Anderson, and his whole ethic of casting his wife in his films is to leer at his wife's backside. Yeah. That's about as deep as that characterisation goes. Uh, she's not a character. She's and in three Musketeers, he takes that to its nadir by having the camera basically three D down hair cleavage. Yeah, it's like yay, filmmakers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, she has a cleavage. <laughs> Never noticed. Oh, uh, don't drag it down at that point. Right? Anyway, um, as for Kate Beckinsale, I liked her in Underworld, but again. The main attraction that pe- that most men have to Underworld isn't her as a female lead. It's the fact that she's wearing skin-tight PVC or leather or whatever it is. You have to build the actual PVC leather thing around her. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's how crazy it is. Yeah. But anyway, we're on video games now. Yes. We are on video games now. (laughs) What are we talking about? Oh, yeah, the rise of women in video games development. It's uh, it's one of those things that's uh, been happening a lot over the last... uh, I mean, it's... You know, video games development has been predominantly a male environment. Mm. Video okay. games in general. Well, video games in general, but development especially. You know, development and production especially. Mm. Historically, it's been a male-dominated environment. Mm. You have had the uh, the odd uh, the odd woman from time to time being you know graduating, becoming involved in video games development. But that's no, alright. Uh, but uh, I think it's a positive thing in the general because you can have the same perspective from a certain gr- like collect yeah. like. The same male perspective on the same stories. Yeah. It's kind of being played out. There's not much... No, more, I mean, no, more, no new places you can go. But to have like the female perspective on the same stories, it, it, it introduces like a new yeah. quality to the storytelling. Well, there's that, but there's also the aspect of, you know, um, if you take... Um, oh, what's her name? This uh, is a bit of an elephant in the room topic, so I, I yeah, want to kind of skip over Yeah, we well. will do. If you take... Um, um, I've forgotten her name. We interviewed her at Animex... Uh, Pratchett, Rihanna, Rihanna Pratchett. If you take Rihanna Pratchett for example, as a, uh, just as an example, um, she's she wrote uh, she wrote the stories for uh, Mirror's Edge, uh, Tomb Raider, and there was another one, wasn't there? Um, I forgot what the other one was. I don't know. Um, but she wrote the story for Mirror's Edge <laughs> and Tomb Raider, and both those games have female lead characters. Yeah. Right. Uh, and the uh, what I find interesting is that historically, you know, when you have a female lead character. Um, it's generally been written by a guy, so it gives it a different. It gives it gives it a different feel when it's actually written by. Yeah, you know. yeah. It's basically what I was saying. You know, it, it, having different takes on the same stories is a positive move for the industry. Yeah, and it's a legitimate step into it being taken more seriously as an industry rather yeah. than you know a boy's own club where that's about as deep as the female yeah. characterization goes. It's a good. It's a good move. But it I don't, I don't want to dwell on it because it has caused a lot of controversy and that controversy I, is something that we I want think to stay away from. That, I think that's from the commentating perspective. I know, but we want to stay away from but, that, so you know, we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, we're not going to get involved in the, whole, in the whole Gamergate thing. Better yeah. minds than ours can tackle that. Um, yeah, anyway, moving on. Um, video game roles, specifically. You know, um, characters within video games. There's a lot of pale skins out there. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, Do you male pale way? skins. There's a lot of white guys out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah there is. Uh, and also, I think female roles are pretty mixed when they're written by other people. Because I think, honestly, think there's two, two or three different ways you can do it. There's the damsel in distress, which I think is the most offensive. Yeah. Because uh, Princess Definitely. Peach is probably one of the worst characters in video game history. Because she only exists for Mario to save her. The irony is that Zelda used to be like that, but then they introduced the character of Sheik, Zelda's Mm. alter ego, which proved that Zelda could actually take care of herself. She didn't actually need Link to go around doing stuff for Mm. her. Um, And I liked that, uh, that initiative from Nintendo, but they haven't really shown that with Princess Peach. Mario could do some characterization now. They did give her, like, her own game, but... The Super Princess Peach yeah. was an awful game, and yeah, the advertisement was even worse. Yeah. <laughs> lots of pink, eh? It was lots of little girls going, uh, you know, go, doing their screwed up face wishes, mm, and they're all wearing princess dresses and, do, you know, running through an assault, a kid's assault course. It's a demographic, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah. 
It's uh, oh god. It's the age old saying, you know, if you believe in your friends and you and you wish hard enough, you know, uh, and you're patient, you'll always be beaten by somebody who got off their backside and worked to actually achieve their goals. <laughs> uh, taking it from a different perspective, a lot of games, your favourite games, if you're listening to this or imagine people in this room, the, fa- the lead character in your favourite games is going to be a white guy. Is like Inevitably. a 90% chance of that. Inevitably. I mean, Uncharted, I love that series, but he's just a white guy killing a lot of, you know, f- pale, uh, different coloured followers. That's yeah. what he does. Pretty much. I mean, Resident Evil. Resident Evil 3 was killing Russians. Not, Uncharted 3 was killing Russians, but. Yeah. It was, you know, people who were. Uncharted went, 1, I believe they were Spaniards. Yeah, he, yeah. he's kind of a racist series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He shows no remorse as well. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. They kind of hinted that at number two. It says, haven't you killed just as many people as we have? No, 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 I'm, I'm a good guy. Uh, uh. See, the next Uncharted, I think, they, they might See, go into that. I it, think they've got to basically kill him off, because it's, it's heading that way. The, do you know the irony is that uh, GTA, right? Mm-hmm. GTA is one of the most... It, it, it's slowly be- evolved into, kind of, into being very... Kind of non-prejudicial were towards race. I mean, it's still very prejudicial towards gender, but it's very non-prejudicial well, towards it, race. Well, it's set in the world of gangsters, and that's kind of a world that you can't really. Yeah, and you know, coming off the back of that, you've got <sighs> get a game. You got get, uh, Saints Row. Yeah, which is uh, it's actually got some powerful, ironically, yeah. considering the tone of that series. Yeah, which is kind of like you know. Secondary school playing ground. Yeah. So it all worked it there. That's the sort of tone it gets. It actually has some really nicely drawn female leads in there. Mm. Even like, you know, the Saints Raw gang. Yeah. Which is weird. The, the, weird the, the, irony the, there. You know, the, the, the characters, the, you know, the, uh, the non-white characters and the female characters, they're, they're actually they, quite they, they, well they, rounded they out. They go into stereotypes. They're basically going to the black exploitation guy yeah. with some of the characters. But, but it, you know it's got, on purpose. It's got a strong mix there. Yeah, they got it's a strong actually, mix. It's weird thing about that series. It's got the strongest, scariest character in the whole thing. is called Gat. Yeah, he's an Asian guy. Doesn't do martial arts. He just basically nuts things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just. See, uh, I think it's uh, going against the stereotypes in certain it, things. It, 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 his full name's. Uh, isn't his full yeah. name Johnny Gat? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He's getting his own spin-off game. Yeah, yeah he, Gat goes to hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. But the thing is, I love. Johnny Gath. I think he's a brilliant character. He's, he's, everyone loves Johnny Gath. <laughs> uh, but other than that, really, I mean, the I, ethnic or the other characters, it's basically the person who takes you from place A to place B, yeah. or you buy something from. The, the, the merchant and the tour guide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's kind <laughs> of horrible. <laughs> 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 and uh, there's, I, I don't know, I think Far Cry is quite... Far Cry's, Far oh, Cry's yeah. actually quite subversive with how it no, approaches I mean, I mean, race it's and got, gender. No, it's got oh. number four... But uh, Far Cry number, number, number four has caught some controversy because there was the whole slave thing when people didn't really understand what was going on with yeah. the cover art, but it was kind of covered over. But I think it's not having, you know, a white guy killing a lot of foreigners. It's having, an, yeah. you know, it's all race, sort of, uh, I can't think of a way I've heard it now. Uh, I would say Far Cry 3 is... Definitely like white male power fantasy. Yeah, yeah. But the thing white is, guy killing all the foreigners. Yeah, no, it, it is so bad because I believe. But the thing is, the end of Far Cry Three, though. Yeah. It kind of it kind of 
it, it kind of stumps on the uh, stumps on that whole white white male power fantasy. Oh yeah, quite abruptly. Mm. Does this? Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of really underwhelmed by number three because it's like an amazingly designed game, but there's nothing to do in it. It's not not so much that, but I think the first half of that game's absolutely spot on when Vass is involved. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And He's like a really the good. Next, second half's just like. Second half. Yeah, uh, second half is just kind of yeah. Yeah. It's the white male power fantasy all the way up until the very end, and then you're like, uh, "What's oh. going on?" <laughs> I, I also introduced a new one, Tomb Raider, the new yeah. one. I don't think Tomb Raider's that strong of a thing because as I don't think Lara Croft has ever evolved past the character who's just wearing a skimpy outfit. She that's as far as she's ever gone. There was so she's much time. She's just Tomb a boob monst- She's just a boob monstrosity in a skimpy outfit. There was some, uh, there was some like phrase, moves to ma- turn her into an actual character in the reboot. But it didn't make any sense. I mean, we've said this before. She, well, as a up character, to a certain point, it was working. But then, <laughs> but now we're into the game. She's sort of, she crashes onto an island. She doesn't know what she's doing. There's loads of people trying to kill her. She's yeah. suffering under the consequences, as anybody would, man yeah. or woman. Yeah. And then she gets a gun and kills everybody. But still, the story is written in yeah. such a way where she's still that fragile character. Which, don't make any sense. But this is the thing. Up until the point where she kills her first human, you know, at that point she reacts as anyone would upon killing the first human. You know what I mean? Bold. She, she really bold. Yeah. She got, like, the taste of blood and just went full on Rambo. Yeah, that's... <laughs> see, that... Look, that's, uh, uh, that's effectively yeah, what happens. Yeah, a lot happens. of people complain about that afterwards because you do have this really strong, it powerful doesn't balance. scene. And then it's like, okay, then, and then just murder everything it it doesn't balance i mean uh when you get right I down see to the it, elizabeth, of that game. elizabeth and bioshock was basically just like carrying the shopping yeah. that's oh, all she was oh, no no if you bioshock one bioshock she, infinite. She carried it no well. no bioshock infinite she is basically the god of all that she surveys she's the god of all I mean, that she surveys when you play the game when you play the game first through you think oh she's just that guy she does that girl she does these things for me yeah when you know the full story of what happens in bioshock infinite she's Crazy badass. Also, as a essentially, the whole game is an escort mission. Mm. But compare that to Ico, which also the whole game is an escort mission. Yeah. And if you play Ico, you'll want Elizabeth as yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, uh, Resident Evil Four. Li- literally, the only thing you do in Ico is hold her hand, and that's it. Isn't and it? drag her along. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it's that's a pity that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but in Ico, for the entire in, in game, Yoda's still half asleep. In the Shadow of the Colossus, is there a female lead? I think uh, no, there's no, a female no. Essentially, a... there's the girl that's on the altar. Oh, yes, yes, um, yes, yes. Yoda. I remember now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, a lot of the details of it are informed by other sources. There's not, not yeah. much in the game, but... True. Um, yeah, you don't even know why she's there. I mean, you assume that... He's on a quest to save her or to bring her back to life or something, but you there's, there's, you really don't know until the, the last minutes of the game. There is a theory, and even then, it's quite that they are forming a sort of impromptu sort of trilogy paid out of order. Uh, possibly the Last well, Guardian. We don't know. Sort of fill the gaps if that ever becomes a thing, maybe. Because yeah. <laughs> it is waiting. <laughs> Obviously, Ico's the game that was released first, but um, Shadow of the Colossus is before it as a, as a game it's a weird sort of narrative I've got going on there but uh, I think we can go pick of the geek now can we not yes pick of the geek um, your favourite game characters that don't subscribe to the norm so a sort of damsel in distress man acting as a woman or a white male lead I think Jade from Beyond Good and Evil isn't that basically like if you was going to do the geek show drinking game every time something like this is mentioned you take a drink 
No. Uh, younger Neville is sort of like the easy answer. No, the easy I'm, answer I'm, thing for she, this. Well, she's not actually the easy answer because, I mean, uh, Jade, Jade in particular, because she's capable, um, she is intelligent, she knows how to take care of herself, but she's also not white. No. Well, she's, I don't know why is she actually. Yeah, she's more mixed race than she is white. Okay, but uh, you know, uh, but that, that's one—that's one of the reasons why she stands out in the, in my mind is because she she basically ticks all the boxes for a, a character who is not normal. And mm-hmm. it, on the back of that, I'm going to have to say Abe. Well, he's, <laughs> he's an alien, isn't he? He's an alien. Yeah, oh, you know, he's, he's not human. No, 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 no. That's a thing. All the aliens kind of humanized. He's not really. I mean, if I was going to go for if I was going to go for a not normal answer, I'd say Garrus. Well, no, that's kind of a common answer. That's but what I'm saying. Everybody wants you know, to sleep with him. It's Garrus. Thigh gap, man. That thigh gap. Yeah, Garrus. Garrus is doing the calibrations, easy man. He's doing calibrations and doing stuff. Garrus is the easy answer, and then uh, oh, I've forgotten his name. You know the scientist who sings uh, Gilbert and Sullivan. Oh, I love him. Um, oh. Mod, 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 it's modern. Modern. Yeah, yeah he's a fantastic yeah. character. I love him. Oh, you had four there, you're going to get three, yeah, but I'll yeah, pick it my first... No, no, the, the two from Mass Effect weren't okay. high picks, I was uh, just saying they're the easy choices. Trip. Trip from Enslaved. I honestly yes. think Enslaved is one of the most underrated gems of the past generation. Again, Enslaved is basically an escort mission. Yeah, yeah, it is, but she's not just hold her hand and she doesn't do anything. She no. just does stuff that Monkey can't. Well, she's based off Trip to Carter from the Journey to the West. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a really strong narrative, and she's... Fleshed out as a character, she's not in depicted the as helpless. Tale, the character is actually male, but yeah. in, in all stage the, adaptations, it's, it's always, always played, played by a female. female. Yeah, that makes sense. Even but in the TV series, it was played by played by a woman. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the name of the developer. What's the developer called who did that? Enslaved. Oh, it's going to bug me that. Um, but that company, I can't think of the name. They're actually doing some really clever things with sort of their lead roles. Because Heavenly Sword was another good thing they did. And uh, I think it's called Bloodblade, the one that they've got coming up. I, I think it's called that. I'm not yeah. sure. It's just being... That, like, that's like the most generic 90s title you could it, ever it, have, it, isn't it? It really is. But it was, uh, wasn't it Ninja Theory? No, Ninja it? Theory. No, Bloodborne is the sort of spiritual successor yeah, of Demon's Souls. Yeah, that's why you're getting confused with that. No, but it's like a, it's hinted as a sort of a digital download title. Yeah. And it looks basically like the Heavenly Sword Girl, but ethnic. And But they're doing some really interesting things with characters, I think. It's not just the powerful white guy who smashes everybody and has no consequences about anything. Yeah. Uh, Hellblade is the game, I think. Hellblade, there you go. That's a pretty generic title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bonestorm. <laughs> oh, I, I, that's a thing as well. <laughs> uh, uh, any others I can think of? Uh... I like Faith from Mirror's Edge, personally. I think that's a good one. Yeah. In terms of... Uh, Visuals and characters. It's, it's a shame the new Mirror's Edge, the the first Mirror's Edge leaves off on a point where it could uh, where a continuation would be great. It could go anywhere. But yeah. the new one is essentially a reboot. Yeah, which um, is almost a shame. When is it needed? I, th- I know. I thought that I was like, why do they need to reboot it? They could do anything with that to fix the controls. Uh, <laughs> no, but that was yeah. my that was always my one main gripe with Mirror's Edge was which button does what again? <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to have to say, because uh, I mentioned this downstairs when Dave was talking about uh, talking about the game, I'm going to have to say Bayonetta. Oh, come on. Hang on, just She's hear me out. basically a boobs monstrosity Just with a hear me out <laughs> a second. That's what it is, man. No, just hear me out. In terms of female lead characters, Bayonetta is actually among the best 
because she's not a strong, she's not a female character playing a male role. She's basically a strong woman who is actually completely happy about who she is. I'm taking it. You've you played the second one, so that might change in the second one. That might change know, in the second one, but going on the basis of the first one, you know, that's basically who Bayonetta is. I don't know. Would you guys agree? She's basically just a strong woman rather than pretty much, yeah. Uh, rather than the strong female character mm. who's playing the role of a man. I suppose. A uh, mark of a cree for me. Yeah, it's uh, another underrated PlayStation Two title, and I cannot remember the name of the lead guy, but he's a Native American guy. And just on that, how many Native American leads in games are there? What one, two, maybe? Yeah, it's such an untapped area for like, traditional American history. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a fair few Amer- Native American characters generally used in things like fighting games. Yeah. Uh, things like T-Hawk, he's quite... It's it's very heavy stereotypes. Yeah. Um, same yeah. with Nightwolf in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's... Uh, it It's almost to the, like, uh, Halloween costume level of stereotype. Village people, you mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, either are, really. Yeah. Um, one more female lead that I really like is Aya Bria from Parasite Eve. Kind of been forgotten, that one. Yeah. Well, I really, I, I think she's a, another really strong woman rather than just female character playing a male role. Yeah, okay. No, the Parasite Eve games were pretty good. It's uh, I mean, I, I would say it's a shame they've not been revisited, but I think they stand as they are. So well, I mean, they did, the, th- they did the third birthday, yeah, which wasn't that great, but it's still worth playing. Anyway, um, are we done with that? I think we yeah, need yeah, to yeah, take yeah. a break. <laughs> we'll be back in a few minutes. <laughs> All right, this is Zeb Brannigan. You're listening to The Geek Show. Hello, and welcome back to 104.5 <laughs> CVFM. You're with The Geek Show, and today we're talking about equality, but before we carry on with that, we've got some reviews. Yeah, um, I have to drop a few, because... It would be you talking for too long, and that'd be boring. Well, let's just <laughs> let's just change the order a little bit. Um, I was going to do Infamous first, like today, but I'm uh, actually no. I, I've got to. Ch- I, I'm going to do Infamous first, like today. I'll do Natural Doctrine next week. That'll work. Yeah, sure. Right. So, but I think me going first is it? Well, you've got more, so go on. Okay, going to start off with Disney Infinity 2.0. Thank you, Baz, for sending us the uh, sending us. Uh, that to review. Disney uh, Skylanders is... Well, it is and it isn't. Well, okay. the, the, the delivery premise is the same. Well, yes and no. Okay, okay. Skylanders goes, goes up to a point. The difference with Disney Infinity, it's more Skylanders meets Minecraft. In the sort of development and changing and editing of the landscape? Well... Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Disney Infinity 2.0 in comparison to its closest rival, Disney Infinity. Right now, th- uh, the thing is, there's <coughs> there's a few game mods. The main mods, though, that you'll fa- that you'll play with are the mission mods. Um, the starter pack gives you three uh, character figures, um, a Stark Tower, and a couple of those little well, is, is plastic this, coin this, type things. Is this the one with the Marvel characters? Yes, this is the one with the Marvel oh, characters. Oh, yes, this, uh, very good, yes. Okay. Right. Um, you start, your three ca- starting characters are Iron Man, Black Widow, and Thor. And I've got to say, Rob's with the comment as well, these make great little collectibles yeah, as yeah, well. Even if they weren't you know, attached to a game, people I've seen you know, official models by official companies less that good quality look than this. anywhere near as good. They're really good, and the fact that you can use them in the game is a bonus, you know. Um, but there is a big problem, and that's with the campaign mod, the mission mod, right? 
you are basically in in a city um and it's completely devoid of any kind of warmth or in actual atmosphere there's you know, virtually no one around you could you know so it's it, like a car advert. it's 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 a <laughs> thing is it's all pale uh, pale greys and whites and beige and stuff like that but it's, surely the color of the characters so I can't balance is that it does and it doesn't Right. The colour of the characters do, does counterbalance it. The colour of the enemies, the powers, the effects, that sort of thing. But, I mean, the city itself, it lacks any vibrancy. I, I've got, I disagree. I've not played it, but it's just having lots of colour on the background of lots of colour. Let me continue much, to explain. Too much, too much. Let me continue to explain. When I say devoid of life, I mean devoid of life. There's hardly any people around. Well, superheroes are knocking each other. <laughs> Trying to go there. <laughs> Let me put it this way: um, on the campaign mode, the closest thing I can link it to would be Lego Marvel superheroes. And in the Lego Marvel superheroes, the city was, the, you know, Manhattan was huge. It's where most of the action takes place. In uh, you know, Marvel, well, there wasn't a lot of life in that either. There was. There's a lot more life in it. You could run into people, you know, and okay. the, 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 there was some life. Yeah. You know, there was people all over the place. Okay. Yeah. People driving cars. There was traffic all over the place. There was people all over the place doing their own thing, you know. And that was the thing. It it added that atmosphere. It was a. It felt like a. It felt like a breathe, living, breathing Lego city filled with Lego people. Um, but in this case, it doesn't feel like a living, breathing city. It just feels like. Uh, a glorified arena in which you do battle. You know, uh, your characters take on the evil guys. And the missions are actually kind of repetitive. They get boring really quickly because the difficulty, they're not really that difficult. It's who it's aimed at, I think, is a big player in, the, in that difficulty curve. It is, um, but, you know, you know for a fact that most of the people who are going to play this are adults, not kids. No, no. Yeah, no, it good is mix, good mix. I think it's a sandbox video game uh, for the most part, but it's just kind of there's some there's some things that just feel redundant in the campaign mode. Yeah. I know there's a Guardians of the Galaxy set. Yeah, and uh, I think I've seen some of the gameplay from that and looked a lot more interesting. Yeah, as to say, because uh, you basically in space on the spaceships, and it just looked yeah. a bit more. Interesting. Yeah, that that looks more interesting. But I mean, with the with the starter set, it's kind of. Mm. Mm. It's well, a, it, it, I think you just said it. Why there? It's a starter set. Yeah. It's not the c- definitive. No, I know. It's like it's a bit like mm. the Sims One in that respect. It's just the starting point. Yeah, yeah. Thing is, where the game comes to life, and it's where it really, truly shines. Where where you see just how much is different from Disney Infinity, and where you really can just literally sit back and enjoy yourself. Uh, you, you know, I like games where I make stuff, where I build stuff. You know. Uh, yeah, I've yeah, made yeah. no secret of that. I like the Italian games because they let me craft items, you know, from ingredients. Uh, I like any game where I can make stuff. And yeah. this is like a game that's been tailor-made for my mindset because when you go into toy box mode, it's like Minecraft, only um, not as uh, blocky. It's a lot more, ref- uh, you know, the construction of worlds, uh, of levels, buildings, worlds, you name it, is a lot more... If it's a lot more fluid in toy box mode than it than it's <sighs> ever been before. You know, it's so much more fun. You know, it's so much more fun just playing around in toy box mode. I spent more time play. I basically finished the campaign, 
really quickly and spent loads of time in tie box mode and, well, that's, and that's still good, that's good i'm yeah. still using tie box mode yeah. you know, it, it's just such a wonderful environment yeah, i've many played modern Minecraft. games campaigns just a part of the tapestry it's not yeah. all of it so but i think this is that's what i'm saying i've played minecraft and minecraft bored the hell out of me i've got to there's be no, honest there's no uh, objective is there so there's it's no, just, there well, you go there's no real <laughs> objective in, in in the toy box mode either but it's just so much more fun you know it's it's i don't have to go through all the tedious steps of building a house block by block for a start hmm. which you know i can just basically get a get a get a house drop it down and modify it after that so Minecraft for lazy people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> basically. Where's the poster code? Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that though. I but like it, the fact it, that it sounds like a recommend with reservations. Um, as you know, if they imp- if there's you know, if by getting more characters in, you can improve well, the city environment, well, by, then great. By, by getting more characters in, it can introduce more sort of gameplay style and variants and universes to play with. Yeah. I like mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy hinted at. In the campaign mode, you know, the, the characters do have, uh, you know, there are multiple plot lines in the store, in the campaign mode. But again, uh, it's not enough to keep you interested. Everything's, uh, everything's been simplified and sanitised. Um, Toy Box is where you will have the most fun. Yeah, right. I, I, I'm pretty certain of that. You'll get bored of the campaign mode quickly, but it, go into Toy Box mode and just play around. It, mm-hmm. it is basically... You know that you know that that toy chest where all the toys are kept, that uh, where kids keep all their toys, or the parents tell them to keep all their toys. It's like that, but you know, you'll end up just sitting there with a big stupid grin on your face while you're making the weirdest stuff you can think of. I can only imagine. <laughs> okay, uh, can I? Go? Yeah. Uh, I am reviewing this week uh, the Star Wars. That might not sound right because nobody calls it the Star Wars. But this is a graphic novel presentation of the original draft of uh, <coughs> George Lucas's uh, New Hope, I think it was. And it's different from the get-go. Uh, the art style of the animation, I don't know how to describe it, but it's very similar to sort of the art style used in the X-Men sort of spin-off series, uh, X-Factor, sort of very lifelike and very sort of... It looks like sort of pictures taken out of the real world and sort of rotoscoped, given a bit more colour in that respect. But the the greatest selling point and the greatest weakness of it is the story. Uh, it changes so much from the uh, original series. It's not a see, uh, book sort of designed for the sort of childlike sensibilities that the kid have, the sort of sense of wonder that the kid have. It's much more political than it was in the uh, early early as in episodes one, two, three of Star Wars, and it's quite suffocatingly political, because it has no context for it, it's just kind of, it drops you in this world of all the political uncertainties, and it's a little, it's a little hard to get into. Mm, so quite hardcore sci-fi. Well, I wouldn't say hardcore sci-fi, I mean, it's just a little bit hard to sort of introduce yourself into, because it's so different to what yeah, Star Wars used to be. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just so different, you're just yeah. not used to it. Just going through some of the sort of diff- key differences, uh, Han Solo. Isn't the sort of lovable Ray, like Rogue he was in the movies. He's a green beast thing. But uh, in that, it's a much more interesting character. It's not like a a star-making role. It's a character in the universe which works regardless of, you know, character intentions. Uh, 
Yeah. Would you say he's more of a rogue smuggler? Well, he, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the world actually makes more sense now. Uh, there's characters who have plot arcs who aren't sort of bogged down in contrivance and they make people for weird reasons. Uh, Darth Vader isn't the big bad. He's part of the big bad, but he's not the sole big bad. Uh, the character design is so much more uh, original and interesting. Uh, and the... Uh, it's just such a different series. Political, awkward to read at times because of that political uh, ending. But I think the problem with it principally is it doesn't really... It's like the unwieldy language of the politics. It doesn't really feel like they have sufficiently edited it beyond that first draft. Would you say it's quite rushed? It's quite rough, I think, would be. Right. Rushed and rough. But everything else about it, the design, the conception, the sort of imagination, mm. uh, the difference. I mean, C-3PO and R2-D2, nothing alike. No. Uh, what I mean by uh, it's a bit rushed as in uh, the pacing of the story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, there's, yeah. No, there's no stop. Do, do you think there should have been multiple of these yeah, to yeah, get yeah. the story across and then probably would have got... Uh, they should have used that as a jumping off point and sort of expanded upon it rather yeah, than definitely. Just repeating it. I'd, just just, you know. just flicking through it now, it, it just seems like uh, they don't go into depth as much. Yeah. It is very different from... It's difficult. It's a difficult read, I think. It, it could have been better as free books. Yeah, yeah. 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 What I, I would say, it's hardcore-only sort of thing. If you love Star Wars, yes, go for it. But if you're not, it's going to be a little bit difficult to get on with. Even though it's got some interesting differences, it, it's just difficult to read and get on with, I think. Mm. That's the problem there. And that's uh, the Star Wars. I think it's out in Dark Horse, is it? Um, uh, yes, yes it is. Yeah. It's out in yeah. Dark Horse, and that's available from all good bookshops. Yes. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Right. Um, yeah, it's me next, isn't it? I've forgotten what uh, am I am Arno Surge or Infamous? Uh, Arno Surge, I'll do first. That was our competition prize. Uh, yes, last it week. was our competition Congre- prize. Congratulations last week. to the winners as well. Yes, congratulations. Uh, they have their cards now, so they'll be happily playing the game. All right, Anno Surge is the it's the sequel to the PS Vita game Cielo Surge, which I don't think actually got a release in this country. Um, Wouldn't surprise me. And one of the lead characters from Anno Surge is actually the main character from Cielo Surge. Um, I'll. I can't remember what her name is, though. There's uh, Earthers and uh, Delta. Uh, oh. Forgetting. Um, well, let's well, well, just leave it at that. <clears throat> Don't need to have the specific name. Yeah. Anyway, um, basically, Arno Surge is, uh, or to an unborn star, is the tagline. It's the prequel to the Artonelico series, which is effectively a multimedia <laughs> series. It, ha- it had two games on the <laughs> PS2. Uh, one game, uh, Quagga on the uh, PS3, an anime OVA, and uh, I think it was uh, a couple of uh, uh, manga series as well. Um, the whole thing is based around music. Music plays a very big part oh, in well, Anno Surge. The sound design is glorious. It's yes. sort of very reminiscent of the uh, choral flourishes of the Akira soundtrack. Yes. And I just lap that up. I adored that yeah. aspect of it. Um, uh, what was it? Um, 
the, the I've got no problem with the uh, with the audio production in this game because it is, as you said, well, glorious. It's, it's glorious, yeah. You know, I, I, the effects are really good as well. We'd well, expect it to be when it pushes its music in such yeah. a big way. I mean, one of the, the characters are generally quite interesting, and it has an interesting take on the whole development system because you don't play as one character; you play as two. Um, you play as two pairs, effectively. It's um, odd. Yeah, I've never experienced anything yeah. like it. There's Delta and Casti. Uh, sorry. Delta Lanthanoir and uh, oop, the gameplay is odd Cassidy because Reynard, you yeah. have one character at the front who does the grunt. So like, yeah. There's like squ- triangle, square next, which he have like correspondent actions. Yeah, and the the woman at the back who sort of has the, She's the, the singing spot. power. Yeah, um, basically they go through they go through this kind of uh, I've forgotten the name of it. It's when they uh, it's when they join for uh, in combat and they activate the songstress powers and. The weird thing is, it's a bit like Artemelico. It yeah. It's a bit like Artemelico in the fact that you can activate those songs for his powers. The difference is, during that time, you can actually manipulate your female partner. You know, but some of the, sometimes that can have an adverse effect on what you're doing because sometimes you know because uh, you basically go into this dive, activate songstress powers, and you can basically tweak her personality, so to speak. Which is uh, a little bit kind of creepy. It's troublesome. Uh, it's troublesome, and it can also, if you choose one that costs dive points, it can sometimes kick you out. It could be a red herring that kicks you out of the dive, and then basically the attack fails. Well, that, that, that dive thing—it's on a lot of characters. It's sort of a ability to go yeah. into somebody's psyche and yeah. alter them. It's a bit like remember me in it's, that respect. It's Inception, yeah. but more wibbly. <laughs> anyway, um, the the two main pairs: uh, Delta Lanthanoir and Castillanoir. Reanoid or Reanoir, however you want to pronounce it, they're the first pair. And then Ion, um, whose full name is Ionasal Kike. They just leave it as Kupresiel. She's the main character from Seal No Surge. It's just Ion. Yeah. <laughs> Ion is the main character from Seal No Surge, and Earthes, who's basically um, her companion, who's a humanoid robot. And you're on a quest to save the world from the shell. But. I like the fact that they've got two different viewpoints. Delta and Casti wants to want to win the war against the Shal, but Ion and Earthers believe that coexistence is possible. It's an interesting dynamic, which isn't really yeah. pushed in many games. It, it it isn't pushed in many games. You know, you have every the, story has two sides. Yeah, exactly. And I like the fact that they've been ambitious enough to try and explore the you know the two uh, two of the di- two of the different sides of what is effectively a war between aliens and humans well other things aliens alien. and humans aliens is a general term that can refer to anything that yeah, isn't yeah, yeah. human um i like th- i mean the battle mechanics can be a little bit complicated the story is a is sometimes a bit overly convoluted a fan servicey i haven't got to that bit don't worry that's a big part of the story because there is a sort of uh, unifying process, yes. which is nothing if it's just fan service. Yes, there, there is that. Um, thankf- thankfully, that only happens at certain times. Yeah, yeah it, it happens though. So. Uh, yeah, the fact that it happens is is a stick would be a sticking point for certain people, but that's not the thing. Is it's not a predominant part of the game. It's not a dominant part of the game. That element of it. No. Um, it's one of those. It's one of those strange, strange things. You have this big section where fan service is the dominant part. You know, it's quite an important section as well. But then after that, it's kind of yeah, you don't really see it that much. Um, yeah. 
you know, it, it, it's it's one of those stra- it's one of those strange situations because normally you'd expect a game that has that big a section of fan service to have fan service all over the place, and it doesn't. You know, it it, it can sometimes even be quite staid, which is odd. It creates an unusual, it creates an odd atmosphere when you're playing the game. It does because you're always keeping your eye open, especially if you've got like uh, if you've got your girlfriend, your wife, your mom. Uh, your dad, kids around the house, or your sister, or your friends, even. You're like, yeah, I'm playing this game. I don't want them to see anything untoward, though, because they'll think I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> and you're keeping um, one eye out for the fan service moments, but they, ne- you know, sometimes they don't happen. It's a weird game, though, because the actual graphical capability of it, yeah. it doesn't really look that much. It's kind of PS2 era. It's very PS2. It's and the design of the characters, the outfits they wear, it's very PS2 RPG. It's it's very anime, I'd say. No, no, no like PS2, like it's Final yeah. Fantasy X sort of character. Well, no, I wouldn't say Final Fantasy. Design. I wouldn't say Final Fantasy X. I'd say Final Fantasy. I'd say Final Fantasy eight or nine. But it's that sort of weirdo design which doesn't make sense as sort of outfitting. Hang on. Oh God, sorry, I was getting confused. I, I, you said ten, not twelve. Yeah, yeah, ten. <laughs> yeah. It's right, just okay, a, it's, yeah. a, it's a very weird designed game. It's very anime. I think that's the only way you can yeah. sort of put, pen it. But that doesn't automatically make it a bad game. Actually, Arno Surge has. Some saving graces, you know. Um, it's it's actually one of the better anime type games that I've played. Damning with faint prayers there, Rob. No, it's actually, it is actually one of the better ones I've played this year, compared okay. to compared to a lot of the releases this year. It, it it's better by a lot. Um, if you're original. a fan, if you're a fan of Artana, of the Artanalico series, um, then there's a lot to recommend here. It's utterly original in its sort of battle mechanics. Yeah. I mean, like the, uh, outside of Artanelico, the only one that I can think of that you the, there's only a couple that I can think of that used music, and the one that was released in this country was Eternal Sonata. That was super underrated. Oh, and hugely really hard underrated. To get of. Yeah, I know, uh, but a brilliant game with yeah. some gorgeous graphics. Was that the Tchaikovsky one? Um, it wasn't Tchaikovsky, was it? It was uh, one of the other composers. I can't remember. Um, basically, you were in like a dream yeah. of one of the other composers. Uh, would it recommend to certain people? Or if you're or a fan of Artanelico, or you want to try uh, an anime game that is ambitious, then yeah, definitely. Okay, okay. You know, and uh, ju- uh, just make sure that I did not, not like overly, it. Uh, just make sure that you're not overly uh, offended by fan service. I wasn't as tolerant of it as you were, so that just shows how divisive it can be. It can be, yes, but. If you don't mind that, then, yeah. Uh, infamous Last Light. No, no, Ryan's got a review first. Oh, he's not doing Mordor this week, are you? I, yes, he is. Oh, you, oh, you, you played that quick. Okay. <laughs> 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 anyway, I'm doing the politely titled Middle Earth Shadows of Mordor. Yes. Uh, done by Monolith, um, more noticeable for doing the Fear games. Wow, really? Yes. Cool. cool. Yeah, um, but this is probably the biggest game they have done to this day and probably the most successful um, anyway Middle of Earth Shadows of Mordor um, you play as a ranger called Talon to which his family are brutally murdered as well as himself Yeah. but he is denied death as he is cursed by a wraith called Calabrimbo and it's only to this that you find that he was also killed in the same way but Calabrimbo, if any fans of Lord of the Rings will know, he it was the creator of the rings, the one tricked by Sauron to creating the the one ring. Anyway, mm. um 
It's an open world third person action adventure game and it takes a lot from two games and you only have to play it and if you've played these two games you'll know. Um, Assassin's Creed, it has a lot of the, um, I would say, the more animation, like running mechanics and climbing and the stealth aspects of it as well. But then it also has the combat of the Arkham game, so if you're very familiar with that, a very refined, very good combat system. Good mix. But it has, yeah, very good mix. But it it has its own little twists on it. But overall, it's, uh, you know, these two inspirations and mechanics that they share. Very, very good. Overall, um, so yeah, the basic rough of the story is is that you basically have to stop Sauron from ultimately coming back. Yeah. Uh, basically consists of missions, uh, just fighting various things. But the big thing is the hierarchy system. And that, this, at the end of the day, is the game's main selling point. And the hierarchy system, I would say there hasn't been anything else done like it. It's a living, breathing, open world, but the AI is randomly generated. Yeah. Fair enough, they'll, you'll see some AI that look fairly the same, but their names and their traits will all be different, so some might be scared of certain things like fire. Yeah. Uh, some will be able to be taken down through range and some might only be able to take out through stealth various things really so all these random like things go into it but uh no and i found this is the only thing i really didn't like about the game is that the hierarchy system it's the most important part of the feature of, of this game but it it took quite a while and i'd say almost almost half way to the game to actually get full control of this system and with this system and as the story progresses you realise you have to build an army in order to fight Sauron so you have to use his own army against him and you can do that by taking over a member or an orc or a rock and essentially sending him through the ranks until he becomes a war chief and when you uh, there's four war chiefs and there's multiple sections but once you have all four war chiefs you've got like maximum control and by doing this you also gain you power points which essentially give you experience so you can also upgrade yourself and it's very it's almost RPG like where you can level yourself up there's experience for killing orcs and doing various things but at the same time it's got that nice open world to it where you know there's collectibles and it, there's basically a lot to do in this game and you you know you can spend plenty of time doing everything, but the strange thing that I don't know if I like or not that the game really does just throw you straight in there with the hierarchy system and the missions, and sometimes there isn't much context to it. It really does just throw you straight in, and it's only by doing the main missions, which is not that many of, that you'll actually <clears throat> start to get more of these powers. So that's the only problem. If you've really got to start doing the story missions to actually start fully enjoying the game, yeah. you can't really just go off and do your own thing because you, you'll be limited to what you can do. But you can start. You can still do side missions and level yourself up. But ultimately, you need to do the main missions to get full access to everything. But all in all, it's a fantastic game. Um, I like what it's doing. Um, you know, it's had some people said it's oh it's very assassin's creed it's very Arkham, but at the end of the day those are very good games if you like those games then i don't see a reason 
yeah, why yeah. you wouldn't like this game. Sounds it's, brilliant. Sounds safe. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it pretty much is a very safe game, and uh, you know m- many people have enjoyed it. Uh, so. What did you play it on? Because oh yeah, um, I played it on both PC and PS4, and I must say, th- it, this is truly next-gen graphics in terms of mechanics as well. Um, it is truly next-gen. The superb. Um, there's a particular area that you go into where. You know, it's it hasn't been touched as much by darkness, so it is more green wildlife, and it it's absolutely beautiful, especially when it rains. You know, and mm. um, on PC I've run it on maximum ultra, and no, it looks very good. But to be fair, on PS4 the, the and next gen, there's not not much difference. There'll only be some slight differences. They're pretty much running on high. You know, there's only a couple of settings on the PC version that can actually push up to ultra. So all in all, um, in terms of all around parts for next gen and PC, you know, have done absolutely very well. And it looks like there's more content to come through DLC, uh, which could add a lot more story and depth to the game. All in all, it's a very good game. Excellent. Fantastic. Good, Great. Good I don't think we've got time for me to do uh, first light. Well, no, so it, we I'll can keep it for next week. Yeah. Uh, Alien Isolation will do next week as well. Yeah. Right, um, so next week's reviews: Alien Isolation, uh, Nocturnal do- uh, Natural Doctrine. Uh, if I prove myself light. on radio next week, you know why. Yes. Anyway, um, we <laughs> scary game. We'll have to move straight into animation and graphic literature uh, because we've got about fifteen minutes left of the show. Um, no, anime characters look the same way in that they're mostly heavily westernized. I'll have to defer to you on this. Okay. Uh, well, I, anime characters in general look the same. I think the problem is they're all Western. They're Western. Except Westernized. when it sort of stresses that it's in Japan, which is usually just high school stuff. Yeah. I mean, well, if you're talking about cartoons in general, um, the cartoons in general in the West tend to be a lot more of a more experimental nature. So well, they can be. Yeah. You know, but the thing is, if you're talking about traditional Western cartoons, like, uh, or rather. The uh, kind of slightly homoerotic ones, as they put it. Uh, Thundercats, He-Man, that sort of thing. Slightly? Full-blown <laughs> <laughs> homoeroticism there. Uh, if you're talking about those, then yes, they were heavily, heavily westernized. But if you're talking about anime specifically, there is a western influence in the, the in that. end of it. I, I mean, well, here's the thing. There's a, there's a, there's a western and there's a, there's a eastern influence in the fact that... Um, the general characters look, they're basically, you know, dark hair, white skin, that sort of thing. But then Gorgeous if you've complexion. Got, uh, uh, no. <laughs> if you have a dark-skinned character in anime, they're usually blonde. Example, I'm not sure. They're usually blonde. That. If you have a dark-skinned no, character no, no, example, in anime... No, example, example. Hey? They're usually blonde or a redhead. Name, you, name a character... Um, I'm talking about female characters like high school bests. So, oh, right. right they're usually blonde or redhead. It's when you move out of the high school environment that you start getting characters like Balsa, who is well, dark-skinned. It's a certain series, so it's a rarity. On yeah, but well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. You get dark, dark-skinned characters like Balsa, uh, Michiko Malandro from Michiko Tohachin. You know, uh, you get characters like that who actually don't look like the typical, don't look the typical part. But are very very strong characters and very well realized. Uh, yeah, yeah. And get eastern western stuff in this as well. The, see, the thing is, the main influ- the main reason why a lot of the anime characters look like uh, basically it's an appeal to the fact that uh, it's to make them appeal to a western audience. The fact that they're all light skinned. 
I hate to say, I hate to say it like that, but that's the truth of the matter. Well, I wouldn't say it's the truth. It's in take on it, sure, but... Well, if you've been to Japan, you'll know that uh, Japanese people have, uh, you know, they're not... You know, some of them are light-skinned, but they're not really white. No, 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 no. You know, um, but that's not reflected in anime. In anime, what you see a lot, especially in high school stuff, is is <coughs> characters who are... You know, if you if they were in an English cartoon, they would be considered white. Yeah, yeah, I do want to sort of take that as a segue because yeah. Western animation is. You said it's more experimental in its art these design. Day, these and days, is, but these days, because you don't have a standalone series like, I mean, it's to do with merchandising. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can but, understand all of that. I'm not going to take that cynical line in it. But I think what's interesting is the sort of the people who push on the outside of that. Avatar. But Avatar is a game changer. Mm. Like, that's a very American series. It's yeah. made by Nickelodeon and can there be a more American sort of TV channel? Nope. But it's heavily, heavily yeah. based in Chinese and Oriental folklore and history. Yeah. And it's a superb success. Yeah. Massive success. I agree. Um, but the thing is, Avatar... And, I mean, Samurai Jack probably yeah. plays into that as well, because it takes a Japanese character as its lead, and yeah. has, like, untraditional sort of character types. I mean, the Scotsman, that's not a normal... No, 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 I, I, I love the Scotsman, yeah. he, He's not a character that could fit anywhere. Yeah. He's only Samurai Jack. Yeah, I, I love the Scotsman, though. I, I think the Scotsman is... If I had to list my favor, all-time favourite animated characters, the Scotsman would definitely be in the top five. Well, that's a high, high rating. Above Samurai Jack. But <laughs> it's not a lot of things out there in the West that actually sort of play outside of the sort of comfortable, this is yeah. the white kid who's super powerful, or the yeah. white kid who's super cool. Yeah. It's it's very sort of predictable. And, yeah. uh, and I think I, uh, Avatar can open doors. The unusual doors thing is DC, uh, DC kind of uh, pulled a fast one on everybody when they made Static Shock. Not because uh, it's a cartoon. Remember, we, uh, we were talking about the, uh, you and I were talking about this character called Black Lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Static Shock is kind of a younger version of Black Lightning. He's not the same character. He's a completely different character. But Static Shock, because um, we're kind of slipping into graphic literature here, mm. and we went through a list earlier on of black superheroes. Not many. And a lot of them were. Uh, the, there's a lot more than you think. Well, they're, if you they're take not major. Com- if you take all comics, there's a lot more than yeah, you yeah, think. but they're not major characters. Yeah, but that wasn't the point that I was going to make. The point that I was going to make was the Black uh, Black Panther is is a big character in the Avengers, right? He, he is, but he doesn't really have much but content. The thing is, Black, Black Panther has been around for a, a long time. Yeah. Now. It seems as though people looked at Black Panther and went, oh, yeah, he's a black guy, and he's called Black Panther. So we could denote <laughs> that, you know, these superheroes... <laughs> oh, yeah. Imagine if I put uh, my company thing, what, uh, let's, have a, let's have a character called Black Power. <laughs> <laughs> They've got Black Lightning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Static that. Shock is basically like a young version of Black Lightning. Um, but, yeah, uh, some of the ones on the list of black superheroes that I found were just ridiculous. Yeah. They, they, I, I'll bring up the list in a minute, but because uh, some of them make for But you say, I'll put it on black here, but other ethnicities are an interesting thing because the current run of Miss Marvel, Ms. Ms. Marvel, Ms. Marvel is yeah. an American Muslim girl. Yes. And um, I'm which, not sure that. That's a, it's a curious thing. And they're doing that to tick a box and say, yes, we can do that. Or is there something that they can tell through the story by making them a Muslim character? 
Um, I, I, I hope it's the latter because it's so sort of like having not having that suggests that the only story is worth telling are the stories of you know the white superheroes and yeah. that everybody else is kind of who cares. I hope it's the case that actually telling the story because it needs to be told because that yeah. would be a very nice thing for Marvel to do. Um, and the scalp as well, the sort of yeah. the, the uh, film noir. I think Ed Brubaker, very stylized sort of thing. Yeah. I, but Native I, Americans, I th- which is I think really interesting. I think minorities in comics have been misrepresented by a lot uh, in, in many ways. It's just the game I mean, one, isn't it? The it, guides and if you go da- if you go back to the seventies, you had Shang Chi, Master of Kung Fu, who was basically you know he was wearing the hakama pants and the headband, and he was barefoot all the time, and uh, you know flying, kicking everybody. <laughs> I uh, can just say it's a stereotype city. It yeah. is a stereotype city. But then you've got the immortal Iron Fist, the modern immortal Iron Fist, who's basically a white blonde dude. Yeah. I love the apparently, idea of the character. Uh, who apparently is very, very rich, but spent all these years training at a uh, mystical sorry, martial arts temple. Why do all superheroes need to be rich? It, <laughs> they're all rich, man. Yeah. I'm going to... Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the idea of the immortal Lion Fist. I like the idea of him as well, but It'd I just don't understand why he has to be a white blonde dude. Yeah. Well, it was the 70s, wasn't it? Yeah. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Whoa, don't, go, don't go there. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I like Luke Cage because he hasn't. He's basically the same character he started off as. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't really changed. He's just a tough son of a gun. Yeah. things. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he doesn't make no bones about it. He's yeah, indestructible, he, isn't he? He's indestructible. indestructible yeah. 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 He, he, yeah. He wears bling, but he wears it because he feels like wearing it, and he was wearing it before it was called bling. Yeah, you see, <laughs> that's that's a good character, that. That's yeah. Because take it related to the movies. All of the movies that be made for superheroes now are again the, the white man superheroes. There is some talk that Wonder Woman's going to be a thing. Miss Marvel might be suggested that in Avengers yeah. Two. Well, I mean, uh, the... Uh, but it's all white guys. The other aspect of the equality argument when it comes to comics is obviously the, uh, as you said, the uh, uh, the flotation devices, let's call yeah. them. Yeah, and the, the boobed monstrosities. Yes. Uh, I don't understand why that is still a thing. I really don't. Nah. You know? Nah. It's, it's it doesn't make be. sense. You know, it doesn't make sense uh, to me that... Because all comic books have been written by Sir James. <laughs> Don't you start. Anyway, very quickly, very quickly, I'm just going to pick out some. I'm just going to pick out some choice names from the list of DC and Marvel characters. Um, who uh, these are black superheroes? Um, just going off uh, the whole black thing, you know, Black Panther thing. We have Black Eagle, Black Black Lightning, Black Racer, the Black Spider, Black Vulcan, Blackwing. Um, what was it? Bronze Tiger. And there's there's loads of them. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read out all of them, but uh, there's Doctor Midnight. Yeah. Oh, that's that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, know. I saw oh. Cyborg on that list. Yeah, uh, Cyborg's on this list, but oh, Black uh, Midnight. Look, oh, no. seriously. There's one called Impala. Oh. <laughs> yes. Sure, there's some you know. Laws being broken with yeah. some of these guys. No, there's Impala and Kid Impala. Let, uh, oh. You know, let me just. Uh... Ooh, wow, wow, wow. Yes. Wow, 1970s, you were special. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, there's a great one here from DC called Muhammad X. Oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> oh. And that was from 2002. 
<laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was a buy. That was DC. Oh, he appeared DC. in the Superman oh, in Superman one seven nine around that time. There's one. Oh God, no. There's one here. He's. I can't. I assume he's in. This character is uh, of Indian descent rather than black because yeah. of the name Samosa. <laughs> <laughs> What year is that then? Um, that I, I haven't got a year for that, but oh. that's just like what? <laughs> yeah, I think it's fair to draw the line here in the conclusion that you know, and that's just DC. They're not really trying when it comes to characters of. Uh, that, that's just DC. I mean, the first one on the Marvel comics list is Abraham Brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yikes! Um, Night Thrasher. The Black Musketeers. Uh, I think oh, we'll draw a line in this and have a, a pick of the geek. And... Best one from the new X-Men. Roxanne Roxy Washington, her name is Bling. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> a pick of the geek. Favourite characters of animation are graphic novels and manga. Yeah. Who, aren't, who don't subscribe to the norm, yeah. Don't subscribe to the, you know, the typical character moulds. Yeah. And you're, um, not, you're not allowed to say Balsa or Michiko. I wasn't going to say them. Because there are ticky boxes that you... I wasn't going out. to say them. Uh, okay, okay. we better hurry, we've only got a couple of minutes left. Uh, I'd go with the current lead in the Avatar series, Kara. I think she's grown really strongly. Yeah. And she's not... She's grown it with, you know, a complete character, I think. Yeah. From the, you know, snotty kid that she was in the first. And yeah. Um. What about you, Ryan? You go first. I was going to say, I quite like Afro Samurai. Oh, yeah. okay. You can like him, he's fine. <laughs> I just don't like him. <laughs> I can see why you don't, I can see why you do. But no, I, I quite liked him. Um, I think just taking the same one and sort of, it's it is a traditional tarot character type, but he just doesn't subscribe to any sort of common beliefs of what he should be. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, I've got his name now, uh, the hip-hop guy from uh, Samurai Champloo, the sort of... Yeah. Mugen, isn't it? Mugen, Mugen, yeah. yeah, Mugen, Mugen from Samurai Champloo. He's the same, but cool. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, and he's not a samurai in any way, shape, or form. He's just kind of a, a vagabond who does capoeira with a sword. Yeah. Um, but I like him yeah, yeah, for that reason. Care. You know, he doesn't subscribe to any particular set of rules. Um, oh, 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 oh. Uh, I, I am going to pick a character from Michiko Tahachin, but not Michiko Melandro. That's okay. Satoshi Batista. That's a cool name. Okay. Um, he's basically a <laughs> criminal in what is effectively Brazil. But he's one of those guys, he's a bit like uh, Mendoza from the original Cities of Gold series. I don't know. Even when he's off screen, you wait. You know that he's got, he's got something going on. He's not simply a static character. You know, the way he is, he's, he's, he's in constant motion even when he's not present. He's one of those characters who has a lasting effect on the series, Ooh, even when he's one. not there. Got another one, got another one. Okay. Uh, from One Piece, and she doesn't describe, subscribe to the sort of the boob monstrosity or the wafer-thin character, but yeah. Uh, Perona. Yeah. She actually dresses quite demurely, even though it is, you know, gothic the later. Yeah. She doesn't show any flesh, and she has a very own defined character. Yeah. Piranha's all, all those one. characters are in that series evolved, devolved to boob monstrosity, so I, I, I'm getting a problem with that aspect of it. But Piranha is the one sort of true, steadfast character that is contrary to all that. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, that's really all I can think of at the moment. I'd have to sit down and have a proper think about it, but 
Yeah. I, I, if you get a chance to watch Michiko Tahachin, it, it's on your it. list. It's yeah. on the list. I'm talking to everybody else. Yeah. I know you, it's on your list. I'm saying yeah. people. Uh, Ryan, your list. Ryan, have any more that you want to throw in there? No. Comic book guy? Or, no, not comic comics. Okay. Uh, no, not really. Apu. Uh, right. Let's put Apu on the list. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's about where we leave it. Because <laughs> Rob has just completely undone the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least I can say his surname. Go on. Nahasapima Petalan. Okay, we were too fair. Touche. Okay, just a very quick reminder before we uh, before we go. Uh, the quiz is on um, Thursday, the 9th of October. Yeah. We were going to announce the competition today. Um, okay, but well, well I can wear But yeah, it's on we will Thursday, do it next week. the quiz, and yeah. it's at Mink, and we'll be doing a games round, and it starts at 7 to... I don't really know when it, say it finishes, because last one kind of overran a little bit. last one yeah, was still closing time. But we were was, there, we dominated. Are we doing uh, okay, games? Yeah, yeah, we, we, yes, we are. We've got a challenge round. Um, it is, and uh, I'll give you guys a clue for the challenge round. If you know, um, you better practice swinging your arms, okay, and moving those wrists. But that's it. Three pounds on Mink on Thursday the night, yeah. and we will be there, and we hope you will be too. And yes. we have been the Geek Show. I have been Rob. I have been Ryan. I have been, well, three hours, wow. Oh. Um, I have been Rob as well. And we've also had Dave here earlier. Yes. And thank you for listening, and we will be back at the same time next Sunday. Fame undecided yet, but if you yes. want to suggest something, do throw it our way. Right. We'll see you all later. Have fun. Bye. And see you at the quiz. For 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.